Lord in heaven, lead and guide us by your spirit and speak to us through your word. Amen. Many years back, uh, when our two boys were just young and they got into trouble for something, I often got different responses from them. More often than not, one response was, I'm not saying sorry, it wasn't me anyway. I didn't do it, he did it. The other's response was often, sorry mum. You can guess which response I liked the best. Two contrasts between two boys from the same family. In today's reading, we have two men from the same family, as in the the, uh, family of believers of the Jewish faith but with contrasting actions and responses and contrasting outcomes. Picture this. You're standing in the temple filled with thousands of people before the great high altar on which a lamb without blemish has just been sacrificed for the sins of Israel. You hear the silver trumpets blowing and the crashing of the cymbals. And someone is reading out a psalm. The priest then disappears into the temple to offer incense before God. You wait with anticipation as he reappears and announces the sacrifice has been accepted and Israel's sins have been washed away by the atoning sacrifice of the Lamb. The trumpets blast again and the incense wafts towards heaven and the great choir sings. This was a service of sacrifice. Once their sins were washed away, the faithful could now approach God with their prayers. Standing on his own is the Pharisee, who would not have wanted to mix and mingle with the lesser people. He would not have wanted to be defiled by the great unwashed whom he considered unclean. If we look closely at what the Pharisee is praying, we see it's not really a prayer to God at all, but a self-reflection on how good he thinks he is. Essentially, it's a boast. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers and adulterers, or even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and give a tenth of all I get. Firstly, he has put himself above everyone else and thinks he has earned God's grace through his good works. He has mistaken righteousness with self-righteousness. And because he has thought so highly of himself and his good works, naturally, he looks down on those around him thinking they could not possibly be good as good as he. Have you ever had someone tell you they are better than you at something? How did it make you feel? I once had a dear old lady tell me to my face that she was more spiritual than me. Now, she was probably right, but it's not really what we go around saying to people, is it? In the end, boasting can get you in trouble. Many years ago in a church where my husband, um, he gave out the reading for Sunday, and reminded the person to practice it at least three times before Sunday. Their reply, like kid you not, was, I'm not like the others, I don't need to practice, I know the Bible, and I've been a teacher. So Sunday rolls around, 
And that person did an absolutely appalling job at the reading. So please, be careful what you boast about. Now, the Pharisee would have been praying aloud as a custom, and so those around him would have heard how great and righteous he was. Although the custom of the time for prayer was threefold. One, confession of sins. Two, thanks for the bounty received. And three, petitions for oneself and others. We see that he doesn't do any of these things, but just tells God he is pleased he's not like the other people, especially that tax collector there. He then spouts off about his accomplishments, which were over and above what was expected of a Pharisee during the time. To those around him, it must have sounded very impressive and no doubt made some feel rather inadequate. Have you ever felt like that? In contrast to this righteous and pious Pharisee, we have the tax collector. Tax collectors at the time were hated by the Jewish society and were regarded as sinners. As Jews who worked for the Romans, they were considered traitors. The Jews resented paying taxes to foreigners that ruled over them. Now, the tax collectors weren't paid a wage by the Romans. They were expected to take extra money to keep for themselves. Many were dishonest and abused the system by taking too much. It's a bit like when you were, have you ever potted the peas? It was three for the bowl, two for you. Sometimes it was two for the bowl and three for you. So you can well imagine why the tax collectors were so disliked and looked down upon. We see also the tax collector stands alone from everyone else, not because of the great unwashed, but because he was ashamed. The accepted posture of prayer for the time was to look down with your arms across your chest and to looking down as if a servant before his master. But we read the tax collector instead is beating his chest where his heart is. In the Middle East, generally speaking, women beat their chests. Men do not. Occasionally, women at particularly tragic funerals would beat their chest, showing how distraught they were. So remember that scene. The priest has indicated the sacrifice offering has been accepted and Israel's sins are washed away. The trumpets are sounding and the incense is wafting to the heaven, the great choir singing. And the people are offering their prayers to Jehovah. And the tax collector, obviously distraught, is beating his chest, crying out, God have mercy on me, a sinner. We have the pious Pharisee on one side, standing away from people because he doesn't want to be defiled, spouting off how great he is, confident that his pious achievements guarantee his status as a righteous man and looking down on everyone. In contrast, the tax collector stands away from the people because of his shame, beating his chest. He feels the lamb could not possibly have atoned for his sins, and he cries out for mercy. But then Jesus flips his story. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. 
For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He is telling them that the tax collector is justified, not the Pharisee. Now that would have shocked those who were listening to him. A man of high standing in in their society, a Pharisee, how could he possibly not be justified? But a lowly, despised sinner of a tax collector is justified? How could that be? And remember, he is telling this parable because there were some there who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Jesus is wanting to show that those who consider themselves better than others and are self-righteous will be humbled and those who are humble and see the need for God's mercy will be exalted. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. A concept that would have been very hard for them to understand at that time and is also counter-cultural in our times where often our culture encourages us to be better, do better, and make sure you tell everyone about it. Just need to look at social media to see that. And our society often overlooks, even mocks, the humble and the hurting. It's cooler to look right, but not cool to admit you need help. We see that the tax collector yearns to accept the gift of God's justification, while the Pharisee feels he has already earned it. Now, in 1969, a man called Frank Sinatra popularised the song, My Way. I'm sure some of you know it, and I'm going to read the first verse without singing it. And now the end is here, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll make it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've travelled each and every highway. And more, much more, I did it. I did it my way. He is saying he did it his way, not God's way. Just like the Pharisee, he's doing it his way by fasting more, tithing more, living piously. But what did his way get him? Whereas the tax collector knows it's not about him, but about God. He craves to be right with God and knows the only way is through repentance and crying out for God's mercy. So how do we fit in all this? When you first heard this reading, did you think, thank goodness I'm not like the Pharisee? But isn't that what the Pharisee said too? although referred to the tax collector. It can be easy sometimes for us to think, thank goodness I'm not like that or like so-and-so, or even think, well, at least I go to church every Sunday or I'm on every duty roster and I volunteer all my time at church. Now, don't get me wrong, those things are great, noble and necessary. But that is not what makes us righteous before God. The Pharisee represents the old ways, where Israel had to do things in order to be right with God. 
They had to keep the law, make sacrifices and offerings in order to be made right before God. In contrast, the tax collector represents the new way to come, where to be right with God, all you have to do is ask. Ask for his mercy through his son, Jesus Christ. But to ask for mercy requires humility and the realisation that you need him. We need to admit that we cannot do this without him. But humility doesn't always come easy or naturally, and asking for help can be difficult, can't it? Often our pride gets in the way and we don't want to ask anyone for help. Instead, we try to carry on in our own strength and pride. We like to be able to keep our own heads above the water. And if friends offer us help, we go, no thanks, I'm fine, it's okay, I'm doing, I'm, I'm alright, I'll get through. This is doing it my way. We don't like to see ourselves as a crumbling mess, pounding our chest, chest in grief and crying out for help, do we? How undignified, we might think. But Jesus is saying that it is okay. In fact, it's the way to go. And we shouldn't be looking down on anyone who is crumbling or needing help. The tax collector knows he cannot go on without Jesus' help. He knows. The supposedly lesser of these two men knows the answer. Not the one who thinks highly of himself. It's okay to crumble. It's okay to cry out for help. We cannot go through this life without Jesus' help, without his mercy and without his salvation. Jesus died for you. He died for me. He died for all of us, for our salvation, so we all could be made righteous before God. So if you feel the need to cry out to God, he will be there for you, he's listening, and he will make you right before him. Amen.